welcome to Bedtime Stories for the Discerning Child. And welcome back to so many of you who have been writing us and letting us know how excited you've been to hear a new story. It means a lot to hear from you. Tonight's story is Comet Part 2. So if you haven't heard Part 1, then go back, take a listen. We last left our friends as they hatched a plan to sneak out. One thing about tonight's story, I make a mistake when I explain the meaning of a word. See if you can find it. Let us know. Here's Saskia and Zach at bedtime. All right. Oh, you'll get some light from this. Okay. Now, I think you're going to like this. Now, do you remember what happened at the end of the last chapter? Uh, it was like when, at midnight, when other time did it. And, what's, and what are they going to do at midnight? They watch a comet. Yeah, they're going to sneak out. But I don't know how, so I want to know. Okay. So the last chapter ended. See? It's going to be easy as pie. What time? Midnight, sis. What other time would it ever be? You said some stuff about Ruby. What did you say? I said I want Ruby to be more, like, nice and, you know, like, her other other brother and sister. You also said that you wanted Indy to understand Ruby more. Mm Mm-hmm. And for Izzy to stay the same. Um, yeah. For Isaac. Isaac. Isaac to stay the same, yeah. All right. We just call him Izzy. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Chapter 2. The next day flew by. And when Indy got home, Isaac was, he was sitting at the kitchen counter. His back was very straight, sort of unusually straight, while his mother chopped vegetables for dinner. And her back was turned, and Isaac made a sweeping gesture with his eyes, rolling them to one side, then bugging them out in the direction of the bedroom. What do you think he was trying to do? Trying to tell Izzy, bedroom to escape. Indy tiptoed across the room while her mom's back was turned. I have eyes in the back of my head, my eldest. Indy stopped and turned to meet the warm, round, deep brown eyes of her mother. You cannot come home without a kiss for me. (laughs) Indy laughed and planted a peck on her mother's head. Even at nine years old, she was almost as tall as her tiny mother. That's another thing about Ruby and her. Indy was getting taller. Maybe it was because she snacked on vegetables when Ruby mostly ate chips. My, my, you're growing. Let me take a look at you. Mom, she's very athletic, Mama. That was Isaac. Everyone laughed. Isaac blushed. Indy hugged him, and he whispered, Under the bed. I've got to change. Indy went to her bedroom, and she closed the door, and then she knelt down to see three packed backpacks, side by side by side under the bed. She pulled hers out and looked inside. Extra sweatshirt, toque, headlamp, granola bars, rain jacket, even a bag of waterproof matches that she had never, ever seen before. She couldn't have packed it better herself. She slid the pack back under the bed. If you were going to pack a backpack to go see a comet out on the the mountain... I would bring water. Water? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'd bring a lot of warm stuff. Yeah, you'd bring a lot of warm stuff. I'd bring, like, a nice blanket, too. Yeah. And you can't bring too much stuff, though, because then the backpack's too heavy, so you have to kind of figure out. Yeah, but I would, make, I would bring, like, a tiny, like, a smaller bridge. Mm, nice. Ruby came home a short while later. Isaac tried to use his eyeballs to direct her to the room again, but Ruby just kind of squinted at him, trying to figure out what he meant. Then finally, just started copying what he was doing with his eyes. 
The effect was the same, and both of them giggled, and they kept giggling through dinner while their father scratched at his beard looking confused and saying over and over again, Ah, you've got ants in your pants, you two. Ants in your pants. Hey, I can make my eyes do loop-de-loops. Can you? I bet I could, I could hear them. Woo-hoo. Her father, in his own way, seemed kind of glad that the arguments of the past few days were over, and it just seemed like peace was over the house again, and they're having... <laughs> Is that your eyes? Can you see? Yeah. Woo! <laughs> you can do it. So, a few hours later, the kids were in bed. Isaac was reading. Ruby was texting on her phone. Indy was looking at the trail map for the mountain, trying to memorize all the twists and turns their journey would take them on. Her eyes were getting tired, and she knew she had to stay awake, but she just thought she'd lay back and close her eyes to rest for a second. Indy! It was like a shout in a whisper. Isaac was kneeling beside her bed. He had his backpack on. She sat up and rubbed her eyes. What time is it? 11.45. Where's Ruby? But just as the words left her mouth, she could hear Ruby's snore. Ruby was lying in her clothes, her phone face down on her chest, still flashing messages against her shirt. Indy put her hand on Ruby's shoulder and squeezed. Nothing. Ruby. Nothing again. The snore got even louder. Now it's Isaac and Indy shaking her. Gently, then less gently, then hard, and finally pouring water on her face from the glass beside her bed. Hey! Sorry, Ruby, but you wouldn't wake up. Ruby shot her siblings a dirty look. She stood up, smoothed out her dress, then said casually, Okay, well, what are we waiting for? Let's go. They gathered their things and tiptoed to the front door. The hallway of the apartment was bright and deserted. Only Sitar, the cat, was there. He was a fat orange cat that mewed and mewed until the elevator came. As the doors closed, Sitar mewed one last time. The elevator clinked quietly down. What did Izzy pack for you, Indy asked. What's that, Sasuke? Mewed. Mewed or mew. It's like, meow, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's an angry cat. Just just talking maybe a little too much. <laughs> what did Izzy pack for you? Indy asked. Ruby looked surprised to get the question and shrugged. He didn't even check? That's eh, going to be fine, sis. Before Indy could say another word, the door slid open and Mrs. Chang was standing there holding grocery bags. They moved past her, and she stared at them with a scowl. It was Isaac who tried to explain. Um, it's a school astronomy project. Mrs. Chang didn't say anything. Actually, it's an astrology project, shouted Ruby with a grin. Ruby, said Indy, but she also couldn't help but laugh. Astronomy was like science, looking at stars. Astrology, depending on who you asked, was more about making up stories and making spells and reading horoscopes. You know what a horoscope is? Yes. What would be a horoscope? Tell me my horoscope for tomorrow. Make one up. Sometimes it's like, you will meet a tall, dark, handsome stranger and your life will get happier. You will go to UBC and you will lose your job. (laughs) (laughs) Ruby loved that stuff. Astrology, horoscopes, making spells. Isaac did not. Astrology is fake science, he said. 
Stop, he yelled as Ruby tried to tickle him. Outside, it was quiet. It was really quiet. It was like, you know, the kind of quiet that we're not used to in a place where there's so many people living. (laughs) So it was the kind of quiet they weren't used to in a place where, you know, so many people were living and and where cars were usually buzzing past. There's almost always the sound of like construction echoing off of everything. Nobody was outside now. Not really, anyhow. A small park across the street had one man in his sweatpants holding the leash of his dog while it pooped. (laughs) Ruby was the first one to notice. He didn't pick up his dog's poo. That is very gross. Kids will step in it tomorrow. But the man did not, or pretended not to hear them, and shuffled through the park and out the opposite side. Indy was embarrassed and worried that one of these people out walking would turn on them and say, Hey, you're too young to be out. Where are your parents? But none of them did. So she smiled. Because Indy looks older. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she's taller. But I think also just people aren't paying attention. So Indy smiled and she realized that even though she was worried, she was actually already starting to have quite a bit of fun. The thing about their apartment building was that it was only a block to the edge of the forest. This is North Vancouver, of course. Yeah. It was a nice wide path with a sign that said Monarch Trail. You know what monarch means? Monarch butterfly? Yeah, butterfly also means king. The entrance to the path was like a great big arch where there was a cedar tree that was missing some of its branches, but it had one kind of bendy limb that stretched out over the path making an arch. And it was quite a bit darker inside. Does anyone need a flashlight? I, I I put one in one each. I put one in each of your knapsacks and an extra one in the side pocket of yours. In. Ah, oh, it'll be okay, bro. And with that, Ruby just roared like a wildcat, and leapt into the darkness. Indy looked to Isaac, and he looked a little scared. Sometimes she forgot that he was so much younger than he seemed, and she reached out and she took his hand. And they stepped into the forest together. And it was instant. They were suddenly in a different world. Where the street had been bright and filled with hard orange and purple streetlights, the forest was... (laughs) Yeah, you know why they're purple. The forest was dim, and it was filled with soft blue moonlights and starlight. Where the street had been quiet, the forest was actually surprisingly noisy yeah and even now in april before most of the animals kind of woke up after the winter there was the sound of night birds and small animals were everywhere and there were insects it was actually kind of loud in there hey keep it down ruby said and for a moment the forest fell silent ruby was being kind of unusually silly and loud. It it felt like she was either a little more scared than she looked or that she wanted every creature in the forest to know that she was there. Which is good. Yeah. Why? Bears. Because of bears. Do you think she's scared? Yes. She leapt around from shadow to shadow pretending she was a big cat. Isaac giggled with joy. Indy was feeling like maybe all she had to do was to get Ruby into the forest and then they'd all be the same again. It's this way. 
Indy led them up the path. And it was a friendly path, you know, it was wide and, and bright, and she knew it well, even though she had never known it by moonlight or by starlight. And they were headed basically up onto the mountain towards a lookout spot that faced to the north and west, where the comet was supposed to be the brightest just before about 2 a.m., 2 in the morning. They turned off the monarch path that wound through the lower forest with the wettest trees to the mason path that was stonier. Lots of rocks. What if the comet hits the hill? I don't know. Probably a big, big fire, I would think. You don't know that yet, though. That it's going to hit or not? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that yet. So, Indy really liked the mason path because it was trickier and it was fun to walk through jumping from stone to stone. But at night, it was maybe a little too tricky. Ah! Ruby slipped and fell. She got back up right away and said she was fine, but Indy could tell that she was a bit sore and had lost some of the bounce in her step. Are you sure you're all right? Yes. Does that sound like she's all right? No. No, it didn't sound like she was all right. But she could tell she wasn't limping, so she thought, well, she's probably fine. They wound around the path to a clearing where there was a little park with three swings hung from branches and a boardwalk that went over a stream. Ruby sat down on a swing and dangled her legs. Isaac sat beside her and Indy too, and they just sat there for a bit, swinging a little, looking up at the stars. The moon was going to set soon, and the stars would soon look brighter. In fact, a cloud was just passing over the moon. It got darker. And something moved in the bushes. That could be a squirrel. But a twig snapped, and Indy knew it was something bigger. Hopefully a fox, maybe a deer. Isaac reached out again and took her hand. He took it in a greedy kind of way, pulling her hand close to him. She held on tightly, too. Hello, said Ruby. If you're a bear, then we're not interested. A low growl came from the bushes. Isaac held his breath. Indy reached for her light. Maybe she could spook whatever it was away. Another growl and some more crunching in the bushes, closer this time. I'm bear-proof, you know. I have fire that shoots out of my... A ferocious dog bark broke the silence. Indy and Ruby sprang up and stood in front of Isaac, protecting him, but Indy thought there was something wrong with the dog bark. It sounded fake. Hello? Laughter from the bushes. More than one voice. And Indy recognized the laugh. She switched on her light, and there they were, three boys. Sam, Jordan, and Alex, who was Sam's little brother. You totally fell for it, said Jordan. He had a high-pitched laugh, a little bit like a hyena. It wasn't the kind of laugh that you felt good about. We're sorry, said Sam, not sounding that sorry. Did I scare you, little buddy? Sam knelt down close to Isaac and put his hand on the boy's shoulder. Isaac brushed Sam's hand off his like he was brushing off bird poop. You certainly did not scare me, Samuel. Ruby, did you invite these guys? Indy was disappointed. Same new Ruby as all. I did, but I didn't tell him to scare anyone. Even Ruby seemed a bit mad. 
We're sorry. We wanted to see the comet. Sam told me after Ruby told him, and we decided to tag along. Fine, then tag along. Come on, Iz. Indy sprung to her feet, tugging Isaac with her, leaving the others to scramble, catch up, and stay caught up. But after a couple of minutes, she could tell that Isaac was panting and breathing hard and tired, so she slowed down quite a bit. The boys were making hooting and barking noises in the forest and generally being really annoying, but they walked on. Finally, they came to a new path leading straight up. They turned onto a new path called the cliff. This was a steep path and a narrower path, and they had to start using their flashlights to get up it. First Indy, holding Izzy's hand, then Sam, then Ruby, followed by Jordan, and finally young Alex, who was having a little trouble, but nobody was waiting for him. They scrambled up the path, and every once in a while Indy would stop and make sure that everybody caught up with her. So it would be four plus two little kids. Four plus two little kids, yeah. Indy was watching the path, and Izzy was kind of watching out for Alex, and it looked like Alex was kind of watching out for Izzy. They weren't really talking, but you could tell there was an understanding that was passing between them. One might say that they were becoming silent friends. Finally, the path started to clear. They'd been walking now for a long time. It felt like hours. The path came up over this rocky ledge and opened to this big open spot. Ruby gasped. It was beautiful. There was one tree that hung over a big, wide-open, rocky plain. Big, big, bushy cedar branches. And beyond it was just the starry sky. There was a cliff. Close to the edge of the cliff, it started to feel a little scary. But if you stood back from the cliff, you could see almost the whole sky bathed in starlight. And they were in a position where even if they looked down, they could barely see the city. They were pointing too far west to see the buildings that they lived in. So they saw just a beautiful, dark, dark, dark blue starry sky. There was a bench, because it was still kind of a park. And Indy went to sit on the bench. Ruby sat on the bench. Izzy sat on the bench. And Alex sat on the bench. Bum to bum to bum to bum. <laughs> and the boys stood standing behind them. And they sat there and stared up at the beautiful starry sky and waited for the comet. And that is the end of chapter two. How dare you! What do you think? We'll be back next week. Remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and other platforms. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and now on Instagram, too. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Good night. <laughs>